improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey, I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I am going to be addressing a listener situation. It's one that's all about when somebody talks over the top of you and what that means and why it feels so shit and what you can do about it to get people to stop doing it, to be aware of their behavior, and also how you can do that in a way that preserves or even enhances the relationship that you have with that person, whether that's a client, a staff member, a, dare I say it, a spouse. So I'm going to loop back to that in just a minute, but I think it's a really powerful, important thing for us to understand so that we're not, first of all, allowing ourselves to be kind of walked over and we're also making sure that we communicate effectively, even if somebody else's communication style might be, if I can put it directly, pissing us off. A couple of announcements. Portuguese Chiropractic Association 25th Anniversary Conference. Super excited about this. Coming up on May 24th and 25th in beautiful Lisbon. There's a focus on communication and caring and chiropractic. Three of the most important C's along with caffeine and I've got to find a way of making red wine into a sea but it, it maybe Crianza the Spanish grape but anyway if you want to be big on those big three and I encourage you to come and join me in Lisbon great speaker line out uh, and in Lisbon great opportunity if you are outside of Portugal to sort of set up a tax deductible European vacation in a phenomenal time to be in that part of Europe. So May 24th and 25th, one week prior to that, I am teaching a one-day seminar in London. Save the date at the moment. The link should be coming out in the next couple of days. It's going to be focusing on really dialing in your daily visit interaction to make the most important visit, i.e. every visit that somebody comes to you, an opportunity to create a deeper connection with people and also to communicate value of chiropractic in a way that is individualized to them so that they get value from your care over an extended period of time. It's really an engagement process. It's one of my favorite seminars. So if you are in Europe or the UK or you feel like going to the UK, I hope to see you there. I've been mentioning for quite a while that I've been busy working away on a practice development program, a small group program that will be launching. It will be launching in the next couple of days. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I'm just about to push go. It's called Aligned Practice. It's a small group workshop because if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And that allows you in a small group to get great feedback, to get accountability, to get that uh, sense of being part of something bigger than yourself, all the things that help us really create something remarkable. And that's what this group is going to be about. You're going to be on my mailing list to learn about it. Only 12 spots. So if you want to be part of it, I encourage you to get on the mailing list and you'll get details in the next couple of days. All right, on to today's situation. Hey, Martin, hope you're well. I have a communication question for you. I've realized that many people talk over the top of me while I'm telling them what I want or need from them. 
My wife does it. We're rebuilding our house due to mould. The contractor and his salesman did it. Some patients do it. I am not a small person and I don't speak softly either. Why do people decide talking over the top of me is a good thing? How can I respond to make this end? It's become a serious trigger for me. I'm not surprised. All right. Well, first of all, oh, actually, sorry, there's a PS on this one. My business coach did it while I was trying to ask this very question. All right, great question, Brett. It's a thing that I think many people find a deep frustration with, and it just kind of feels shit, doesn't it? Having said that, when it's happening, because it has that emotional trigger, because it raises our emotional tone, sometimes the natural responses that we want to have aren't the most productive. So typically when we're stressed, we tend to act out of that hind brain, the primitive part of us, where under stress, under attack, we fight, flight, or freeze. And so the fight one is where we respond aggressively to somebody talking over the top of us and try and put them in their box and then more or less sort of wrestle for power and push over the top of them. The flight is where we just kind of want to get out of the interaction as quickly as possible because it feels like somebody is bullying us. And the freeze is the one where we just kind of pretend it's not happening and move on uh, and we almost just sort of wait them out and then move on as if we haven't been hurt or offended by it. Now, if we remove ourselves from the situation and think out what it means from their perspective or what it might mean from their perspective, people talk over the top of us for a whole bunch of reasons. Sometimes they talk over the top of it because they're excited. You're asking them for something or you're explaining something that you need from them and they're excited because they think, they, oh, I know the answer that Brett needs. I just need to leap to that because I know he's going to be happy with that. Um, sometimes just because they're in a hurry, you're asking them something on kind of your agenda and of importance, but they're on the way out the door or they're concerned about their kid or they're for any other reason got their focus elsewhere and need to be somewhere in a hurry. Um, sometimes people do it because they feel like they understand already. And this speaks to a, a truth that is often spoken about in conversations generally that for many of us, unless we're kind of trained or naturally gifted listeners, we spend a lot of conversations not truly listening, not actively listening to the other person, but we're giving the other person almost like a facade of listening while we're internally preparing what we want to say as soon as they stop speaking. So in connection to that, the person sometimes feels like, all right, I already understand where this is going. I don't need to listen to the rest of what Brett says. I'm just going to shortcut this and give the answer. So another reason might be they're, as I mentioned, they're, they're naturally kind of impatient or, or uh, in that moment impatient or stressed. And the last one is they don't respect you. Now, we tend to in, in interpreting that behavior, unfortunately, often assume that it's the last one, but I think it often isn't that. Now, we've spoken often on the podcast about how we are, because we've got those hunter-gatherer genes and we're sort of wired neurologically to have behaviors that make a lot of sense if you're a hunter-gatherer in a tribe, we are strongly wired to be tuned to any sense that we're on the out with the 
with our tribe. And so this this disrespectful behavior from somebody feels shit because it sort of feels like you're being pushed out of the tribe in some way. And it's why it feels sort of like a, an assault on us when people do it. And so other ways of putting that is you don't feel heard, you don't feel respected, you don't feel understood because you don't get to sort of say your full piece. And connected to that, you don't feel valued in those relationships. So it just kind of feels pretty crap. Uh, from a more practical perspective, um, say in a work context, like working with your business coach, working with the contractor, working with team members, those sort of things, you feel like you're not going to get the right result because you haven't been able to say your full piece. They're not. It's clear that they're not kind of fully listening to you. So it's natural to assume that certain important bits for you are going to be missed. So I'm going to address this using the example of a patient or client do it, talking over the top of you. And a common scenario that I've seen that people will, uh, chiropractors will report to me is that a, a client or patient will sort of, you're giving them recommendations for care, either in a report of findings or at a, uh, at a, reassessment or even just visit to visit. Look, I'd suggest you do ABC and you're giving kind of the background and the full detail of what they need to do. And they're either jumping in and talking over the top of you with why that won't work for them or, yeah, look, I already know that. I'm just going to do X, Y, Z. And um, it, it's frustrating in that scenario like it is in any other scenario However, in this scenario, it also potentially could impact the quality of their care. So we need to get a strategy that isn't fight, because if we lean back in and kind of put them in their place, then there's the potential of disrupting the relationship and they're not going to continue care, or at least they're not going to feel like a sense of connection with you, which means long term they're going to drop out of care and they're certainly going to uh, kill the potential for referrals and all the other things that go along with having a great relationship with people. The um, second thing is that uh, if we don't kind of, if we go into flight, if we just let them talk over the top of us, then we're not filling in the gap. We're not making sure that they are fully hearing it. So really important that we have a strategy here. So important thing is 90% of communication is nonverbal. So while I'm going to focus a lot on what to say, there are other things that we can tweak. We've spoken often about, you know, the value of changes in tone, that having a curious tone completely changes the way a question is received from being like an inquisition into being uh, something that's an inquiry. So very different energy associated with different tone. Today, what I'm going to be talking about, though, is a non-verbal pattern interrupt. Um, so essentially, we've had this conversation that, from your perspective, has gone awry, where you haven't got to say your piece in terms of what they need to hear, and they've started talking before that, before you've got to finish. And so there, what we need to do here is create essentially a pattern interrupt, a sign for them that you're not just taking on what they're saying. Um, and there's a range of different choices here. Typically, the, the harsher the pattern interrupt, the more of an affront it will be back to them. And while that might be tempting when we're irritated and angry at people um, interrupting our behavior, 
I think the principle of charity says that we've got to kind of assume that people are excited in a hurry, stressed, or any of the other things, rather than assuming that they're disrespecting you. And um, we can do that explicitly and implicitly. The way we do it implicitly is that we use kind of softer pattern interrupts. So a soft pattern interrupt would be you just kind of smile really broadly and almost sort of start not quite laughing, but almost on the edge of laughing. And that's not what they expect in that scenario, is it? So they're highly likely to then stop. And so the way what we want to do here is what I would describe as a yes and kind of label of what's happened, um, where we assume that their reason for talking over the top of you was a positive one of the positive reason ones and then explain what your concern is and then lead to you finishing what you wanted to say. So how might that play? They're talking over the top of me. I'll smile super broadly or even start laughing and they stop and they'll sort of give you a quizzical look or say, what's up? And I'll go, look, I love how keen you are to explain what you want to do or you know how you're going to address it. I am a little bit concerned though that you may not actually have all the information that you need to make your best decision. Would it be okay if I just finished what I was running through and went over everything you need to hear and then we go back to your take? Would that be okay? And so there's a few things in here. You can tell with tone that it's kind of an upbeat. Everything's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. And I'm labeling their behavior with a positive intent rather than assuming an ill intent. I'm also using permission as a way of softening my, what they could sort of take as an implied critique of their behavior. The next level, if they didn't stop, or if I didn't feel like smiling or laughing was appropriate, I could just put my hand up like I'm almost, you know, going to ask a question of a teacher. And again, it's going to be the same thing. Once they stop, then they'll go, what's up? I'll go, look, I love you. you keenness to get going on all of this. That's awesome. I'm just a bit concerned you may not have all the information you need to make the best decision. Would it be okay if I just went over everything that I feel like you need to know to work out what's best for you? Is that fair enough? So in that scenario, I did all the same things, but I added, is that fair enough? Now, fair enough is one of those things where it naturally has a natural bias for people to agree. Yeah, it is fair enough. And then once they agree that it is fair enough, the law of consistency means they're highly likely to then behave in ways that would be likely to align with that. Now, in this scenario with the client, essentially what we're doing here is we're trying to interrupt it for this circumstance. And for a lot of people who are sensitive, people who are, I guess, open to feedback, they'll take that sort of implied feedback and typically not do it to you again. Where it's a repeated pattern in personal relationships, then there's probably a slightly different scenario. You probably need to be less tangential about just correcting it for this situation and more specific to, look, this is a pattern that's happening again. Um, but I'm going to use more or less the same structure of a pattern interrupt and then a charitable label for their behavior. And then you get to say your bit. And so the, the tweak here would be, let's say it's the contractor or your wife or a staff member or something 
like that. They're talking over the top of you. I'm either going to laugh um, or I'm going to put my hand up. Either way works. And I would just tweak it uh, a little bit. I might say something like, look, I know it's probably just your keenness to help. Or maybe you're in a rush or you're stressed. And I'm not sure if you noticed it, but you were talking over me. I hadn't sort of finished what I had to say. Now, from my perspective, it, it doesn't feel great. And, and I know that your intentions are good, but it, it just doesn't feel great. I also kind of have get concerned that you're giving me feedback not based or your response isn't based on all the information that I feel like you needed to know. Would it be okay if I just finished what I was going to say and then I'm happy to hear what you've got to say? And maybe in future, would you be okay to just be aware that you know, I don't know whether it's my soft voice or whatever, but getting spoken over doesn't feel great. Does that make sense? And so you can see in that scenario, same pattern, pattern inter or same uh, structure or framework. Pattern interrupt that's nonverbal, charitable description or label of their behavior, and then segue into what your perspective is. And in this scenario, a request for change um, in the future. So there we have it. It's a, in, as it is in many aspects of communication, the context is as important as the content. And so in this scenario, there's a couple of really important contexts. There's the context of nonverbal communication being an important component, that pattern interrupts are a really powerful way of changing a pattern of behavior that you don't think is productive or you don't like, and that uh, we, can change embedded patterns and we can do so in a way that's engaging with the person so long as we're aware that we want to use strategies that also allow for the other person's feelings about what it might feel like to have their communication corrected. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Under the Influence. Love to hear what your thoughts are about it. If you have any questions that you would like addressed on a future episode of Under the Influence, please uh, hit me up in the email uh, that's in the show. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.